you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbionica is your solution to great-tasting, all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or toxins. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbiotica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbiotica.com. C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A.com. Welcome to the NFL Legends Podcast. I'm Aeneas Williams, and today I'm excited to talk with Riley Dixon and Rob Lone. It's really the first time I think that I've had punters on our podcast. We're talking about Rob's redemption story. We're also talking about, get this, the fantasies that punters have, but also uplifting athletes and how the support of you and other athletes like Rob and like Riley are supporting an organization called Uplifting Athletes. Let's listen in. Rob, we talk a lot about transition on our podcast, both into and out of the NFL, but your transition is unlike any that I've ever heard of because you were supposed to be the top punter available in a 2010 draft, and you found yourself in a whole different kind of transition. Come on, tell us about it. What was this like, this sudden end? To your NFL dream, Rob. Yeah, it was um, it was tough. I mean, I went into my senior year at Syracuse knowing that all I needed to do was continue to do what I was capable of. Right? I didn't I didn't have to be Superman. I didn't have to you know be perfect. I just had to do what I knew what I was capable of, and I knew I'd have an opportunity or at least a shot at the NFL. And you know, that that became my dream. That was what I was I was aiming for, and. Um, you know, I was going through my senior year, my concerns were what NFL city I, was I going to end up in? Was it going to be, you know, Arizona be nice and warm was it gonna be <laughs> exactly. New York city or, or what was it going to be? And, mm-hmm. um, five days after my last regular season game, I, I really just 
you know, had gotten to a point my entire senior year, I wasn't feeling quite like myself. And Mm -hmm. Thanksgiving morning of 2010, I uh, was woke up and just unbelievably sick. And mm-hmm. I was, you know, throwing up and I you know, hadn't been out the night before, hadn't, you know, done anything unusual, right? I woke up and I just couldn't stop, uh, you know, throwing up and it was just, you know, it was tough. And for those that, that know Syracuse, the, you know, the housing that we lived at was, you know, all of 300 yards away from wow. uh, Manly Fieldhouse where we had to go for for breakfast check and all that stuff. And, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't figure out how I was going to make it down there. And mm. I finally had stopped uh, throwing up long enough to, to make it down there and talk to the trainers. I said, something's not right. You know, I, I just, my body's, you know, uh, just something is not right. And uh, they sent me to go get an MRI and uh, went and got that MRI. And, you know, I remember vividly that day joking on the phone with my mom about, you know, what it was, you know, filling out the medical questionnaire and all this stuff. And, went through that process, um, got the MRI and, and about halfway through that MRI, the, the tech came out and she looked like she had seen a ghost and she, she oh, was, she wow. was you know, white as could be. And, um, she said, Hey, every, everything's normal, but we're just going to run a couple more tests. And, you know, I didn't know at the time that that wasn't normal and, and it in fact, uh, meant something. And so I went back and mm. see the team doctor and, uh, they sat me down and I walked into the room and I saw all the, all the trainers, all my coaches in a room. And I knew from my playing days that that meant that was the end of your season, right? Usually it was a, you know, a, an ACL or something. They were there to, to comfort you. And I remember walking in the room and I just looked at everybody and said, well, this isn't good. And um, sat down and the team doctor just said, Hey, you know, um, we found a, a large growth in your brain and you need to see a specialist first thing in the morning. And, uh, so I called, called my parents. Um, I called my dad knowing that I, I couldn't, you know, I just couldn't bring it upon myself to tell my mom this. And so I called my dad. I found out then that, uh, my mom's youngest sister earlier that day had been diagnosed with breast cancer. And so oh, wow. I had to tell my, my parents that, you know, they had just found a growth in my brain. And I, I really, until, you know, the next day, I really didn't fully understand. And I walked into the, the specialist uh, office the next day and, and went into the exam room and I'm sitting there and on the screen uh, is, is my MRI. And I had never seen a brain MRI before. I'd never seen an MRI before, you know, period. Um, I had no idea what I was looking at. And if you just imagine, you know, a brain sitting on the screen, looking down at the top of the head, there was a, a giant white mass in the, mm. the back right portion of the, the image. And I said, well, you know, what is that? And um, the, before the doctor even came in, the trainer said, that's not supposed to be there. And wow. that was the first time that it really had hit me. It was December 3rd. I'll never forget. It was December 3rd, 2010. Mm-hmm. I was sitting there and that was the first time I, I really thought that I, I was going to die. And, it was just hard for me to rationalize, you know, walking into the office, you know, having played an entire collegiate season that, you know, there was this mass in my brain that, you know, they were telling me that I had to have surgery immediately to, to remove it. And so from that day on, my, my life shifted and it just moved towards, all right, well, you know, what do I need to do to, to get past this and, and to move forward? And, that is essentially, I went from in the snap of a finger, 
you know, joking, laughing about what NFL city I was going to play into. Right. Am I going to wake up the next morning? And uh, that's what my life became. You know, all of a sudden you get a sudden change, a, a rare disease. Mm-hmm. What are some of the things that you were able to parlay from the game of football, uh, Rob, that helped you uh, actually deal with managing uh, what you have found out? I give football so much credit for, for me still being here today, talking with you, you know, with Riley. I, it's just the work ethic that was instilled in me at Syracuse and through football is what I believe led me to successfully overcome, you know, what I've gone through. It was the discipline of, of getting up every morning at 6am and working out the, the discipline of, and the accountability of you're responsible for your own actions. Hmm. Nobody can do this for you. And that was something I learned in football, but it very much applied to, to what I was dealing with that, you know, I had to be my own uh, ambassador. I had to be my own uh, best advocate. And so for me, it was those lessons that were instilled that really carried over and, and led, you know, led me to, to be in a situation where I had a, a chance to, to continue to, to live my life and to move forward. Rob, did you approach the rare disease as an opponent? In other words, studying it and then putting together a game plan along with uh, the healthcare uh, doctors that were helping you? Oh, absolutely. I, mm. I went and I, I collected all the information I could. Mm. I worked with uh, you know a dietitian, a nutritionist, a psychologist. I, you know anything that uh, a professional athlete that they, they work with and they apply for, you know, their, to their craft. Like, that's what I, I view this as this was my next big challenge. You know, I had an unbelievable opportunity uh, at Syracuse to play there. And, you know, my challenge then was to, to be as great as I could be. And now my next challenge was to do everything that I could to, to remain and, and be healthy. Is that how you end up parlaying this into a life's purpose where you're led to, dedicate your career to helping researchers of rare diseases? Yeah, very much so. I think what I do today through uplifting athletes um, is really driven and inspired by my, my personal battle in a way that I know that I wouldn't be here talking with you if there weren't people years before I was ever diagnosed that put the time and effort forth to research a treatment or a therapy that gave me a chance. And so while I won't be personally able to thank all the people that, that saved my life, that have allowed me these uh, amazing extra years of life, I think the least that I can do is try and pay it forward and hopefully at some point be able to provide those same opportunities for others that have been in my shoes. Wow. You know, Rob, as I transition to Riley, this I think this may be the first time we've had punters on. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So, so Riley, and I am so impressed by Uplifting Athletes. What an outstanding name for a cause, right? So, Riley, you're also a punter from Syracuse. So, it was Syracuse Connection, which got you involved with Uplifting Athletes as well, Riley? Yep. So uh, when I was at Syracuse or even before I got to Syracuse and I was punting in high school, um, you know, Rob was the guy that I would always watch. Um, You know, I I don't like to tell him that too much. I don't want to hype him up, but um, Syracuse, I'm 45 minutes from Syracuse is where I grew up. So um, always watching their games. And I started getting into kicking and uh, my grandmother went to Syracuse and she's like, do you think you'd ever want to go there? 
And uh, I'd be like, you, you see how good he is? Like, I'm, I'm never going to be able to play there. And I'd almost get upset with her. And oh, wow. Lo and behold, a couple of years later, I'd end, I'd end up going to Syracuse. But, you know, I, I followed his story from the time I think he got to Syracuse all the way through. And, you know, when I was at at the university, um, Sam Rogers, my long snapper, um, he was a he was a part of a uplifting athletes in, in state college where he's from. And he decided after, you know, hearing about Rob and, and his situation, he decided to start uplifting athletes at Syracuse, Syracuse chapter of it. And, you know, me and him, Sam pretty much ran, ran the show and um, just following along with the organization and how we were able to, you know, to raise money and raise awareness to research rare diseases. It, it's really been awesome. And, and, you know, hearing Rob speak about that just shows just how important it's a little bit of research of the people who have you know, put in the time and effort years before to make sure guys like Rob have it, you know, have a chance. And it's, it's really, uh, it's been awesome to see how the, the organization has grown and it's been awesome to be a part of it along the way. So Riley, you looked up to Rob while Rob was in college, you were in high school. <laughs> yeah, is that correct? That's correct. Yeah, so that's all you're saying is, is Rob is old. Come on, man. But, but Riley, I want to know for, for high school athletes, how important it was for you to have somebody that you can look up to, that you can inspire to be like. And as you were telling your grandmother, Riley, you were telling your grandmother, I don't think I have the, mm-hmm. the, the talent to play at Syracuse. How important is it for high school young men, if they have those aspirations, to find someone uh, that inspires them like you did in Rob? Absolutely. Absolutely. And not just athletes, but people, you know, whatever you want to do in life, whether, you know, just being a good man or being a good athlete or being the best at whatever you do. Um, I've always looked up to people who have been there before, been, been in your shoes and, you know, they kind of paved the way. And, and I like to learn from people who have done it before. I think that's some of the, some of the best advice I've gotten in my career from guys like Rob who have been there, done that. And, uh, you know, they, they just have so much you know tangible advice that you can grasp and, and put into use. And, um, you know, fortunately, when I was at Syracuse, Rob reached out and, um, you know, kind of began to mentor me and teach me a lot of, a lot about punting. I mean, it, it seems simple, um, you know, to a lot of people, it's <laughs> kick a left, kick a right, and, you know, as high and as far as you can do it. But, you know, the amount of, uh, the amount of mental stress that, you know, punting has on you is it's a lot like mm. golf. Uh, you know, the, the game can beat you up if you let it. And Rob, you know, from a young age brought from when I was a young, you know, young college student, Rob brought me along the way and kind of taught me how to how to take care and manage the game. And, uh, you know, he was a huge help to me throughout my career. So uh, mentors, people who have been there, done that um, are just such a, such a huge advantage to, to young athletes, to young people uh, trying to trying to fulfill their dreams. And Riley, you're one of the many players who are supporting uplifting athletes. Uh, through my cause, my cleats, what do your uplifting athletes' uh, cleats look like? What do they look like? You got a pair around you? <laughs> uh, I, d- I don't have them on me right now. Um, I'm sure I could <laughs> find them, but, um, you know, they, we've had a couple different designs over the years. Usually we have um, artists for the team or um, it's always been really cool because it was, it was carrying a part of a part of Rob and a part of the organization itself with me on the field. And I think, you know, that's, it's it's awesome for me to be a part of, and it's humbling um, to to have that have that logo on your your shoes and all that it re- represents is, um, you know, it's it's really awesome to be a part of. So when you put on those new cleats, what on them? I know punters like to have your your, your cleats kind of worn in. <laughs> yeah. So how did you adjust to that having those brand new cleats? I had, on? I had to make sure they were done specially early, so I could uh, <laughs> I could get a week's worth of practice in them at least. But 
Uh, yeah, we're, we're finicky about our equipment, especially our cleats. I mean, that's like our, uh, you know, that's, that's a quarterback's hand. So we, we made sure we, we got it done nice and early. So young investigators draft, I find that very interesting where you guys are actually highlighting uh, some of the major players in the research of a rare disease. So what is young investigators draft? What is it? So the young investigator draft is uh, simply the NFL draft. Um, as we all know, drafting the best talent out of college. Uh, we we kind of stole that idea and we applied it to the rare disease research community. Um, so we take these people who never in a million years would have thought they would have the ability to be drafted wow. and, and we draft them onto our team. So we go through a process, we put a process in place, uh, a combine like, like process in place for these researchers to go through. Mm-hmm. Um, they submit their applications. They talk about the work that they're doing and why it's important for not only them, but the communities that they're, they're doing the research for. Um, and then we have our young investigator draft. So we work with patient advocacy organizations in the rare disease community uh, that nominate researchers that are doing research specific in their uh, specific to their diseases. And then we have a big event. We've had it at Lincoln Financial Field for the last three years. Unfortunately, this year we went virtual, um, but we're, our hope is to return back to Lincoln Financial Field and um, continue this awesome tradition that we've put together and um, just highlighting the work that the researchers are doing um, and really elevating and celebrating the work that they do. Uh, each researcher is also given a, a $20,000 research grant. So uh, over the last four young investigator drafts, we've been able to fund over $440,000. For us as a small organization that's that's growing, we're really excited about really excited about that and, and the future of that program where we can continue to impact uh, research in a big, big way. The NFL's draft of being Cleveland. Yeah. Do you bring them to a certain yeah, city? Call their names. <laughs> we bring them to Philadelphia, and we have it at the Eagles Stadium. Oh, wow. So it's an awesome setup. Wow. That, um, you know, we've been really fortunate, and for them, they they have the opportunity to, to tour the stadium, to, to see the locker room, to go on the field, and so it's a, it's as much of an experience as it is uh, a celebration uh, of their work and and their careers and what they have you know, going for them. So we're really excited about that event and, and it continues to grow and, and be bigger. And so we might have to take it on the road at some point and start visiting another NFL stadiums. But for right now, we've been uh, holding it down in Philadelphia for the last four years. So there are a lot of researchers working on mainstream diseases that get the big grants, sort of like the Big Ten SEC. School is getting a lot of first round draft picks. Here's a question. Talk about how this showcases the football uh, equivalent of guys from uh, the Southern University, my little small Division I AA school, which is more obscure compared to, uh, say, schools like LSU and Alabama. What is that? Yeah, so this is an opportunity, uh, as you pointed out, there's a a lot of funding for these common diseases, whether it be um, heart disease or, or cancer. But Really, what we've found is that investing in rare disease research is is so important, and it's really important not just for those in the rare disease community, but for the general public. And um, by targeting and celebrating these rare disease researchers, what we're really doing is is giving them an opportunity. We give these seed grants so that they can take this um, th- this initial research, this initial bench research, and take it in, and form it into something that's really meaningful and that's what's really so important is giving these individuals the opportunity to take something that they know there is potential for and potential with 
and, and letting them see that through and build out that research so that they can become the people that are the ones that are curing um, the people with rare diseases and developing these treatments. So it's just an opportunity for us to, to you know, plant that seed and plant as many seeds as we can so that those in the rare disease community can see this come to fruition over time. Now, there, is there a competition among the researchers in order to get drafted so they can get this funded? So they all submit uh, in conjunction with a patient advocacy organization, they, they submit applications. And so those applications are, are reviewed by our scientific advisory council. That's the process that we go through. And so we, when our draft day comes, we are truly selecting the best of the best. And it's a, it's a special event for us to be able to put on. Do you call them GMs? Oh, we don't, but I might have to consider that. <laughs> hey, Raleigh, what similarities you found between disease researchers and football? Yeah, How about great that question. question. Um, you know, it, it, it's all about the team, and it's a team <laughs> working towards a common goal. Um, you know, and, and there'll be wins and losses along the way, but, you know, there's always the end result that everybody's working collectively towards. And, um, you know, for researchers, that's that's finding a cure and finding treatment, finding therapy for the diseases. And, you know, for football players, that's winning football games and eventually the Super Bowl. So uh, just just the team aspect of it and, and knowing that everybody pitches in and, and, and lends a hand. And like I said, working towards a, a common goal. You know, all of us, you and Rob all, and I play football. We know about uh, commitment, sacrifice, passion and supporting each other. We know that in sports. What's it like seeing it in a medical profession among these researchers where you see these same traits? Passion's huge. And yeah, uh, I think that's that's a huge part of it. Sorry, Rob. I didn't mean to cut you off there, but no, um, but, but seeing people like Rob <laughs> and like like the young investigators that are so passionate about what they do and knowing that what they're doing is is helping helping people again like Rob. And it's it's awesome to see and Rob, I'll let you speak a little more to it. Yeah, I was just gonna say pretty much what Riley said. It is really awesome to see you know, how dedicated athletes are to their craft and the NFL players are right. to, to being the best in the league. You know, that's what these researchers do every single day. And, and part of what we're trying to help with their commitment is these these researchers um, unfortunately spend time just trying to secure funding so that they can pursue their research. Wow. And so for wow. us, we use the analogy, you know, imagine if, if the guys in the league had to spend, you know, Monday through Thursday, uh, you know, trying to fundraise so they could buy, right. so they could practice, so they could play on Sunday, make a whole lot of sense. So that's what we're trying to do uh, with uplifting athletes is trying to kind of reimagine the way that we're funding this research, so that we can enable these researchers to focus on what they're so good at. Um, just like we we've done an unbelievable job in the NFL, right? We give them all the tools and resources that they need. And so for us, that's what we're trying to replicate within the uh, rare disease research community. So, Rob, where are you now in your prognosis? Where where are you so we can know where the story is and how we can also be praying for you as well? I appreciate that. So I, I'm doing very well um, as of March 28th. So March 28th, uh, just a couple of days ago, was uh, my 10-year anniversary of my first clean MRI. I've been uh, in incredibly, incredibly fortunate um, to, to be here, to be with you. Any day I wake up and, and can dress myself is a good day. I, I, it's never lost on me how lucky wow. I truly am. Um, you know, my diagnosis and, and my prognosis at the beginning was, was not good. And so for me to be able to be here doing something that I, I truly love every day is an absolute blessing. And so I'm just uh, I'm along for the ride. <laughs> well, I can tell you, Rob, we can ready to hit some uh, quick hits, but I want to tell you guys, I've never had it. I don't have any regrets uh, 
from when I left the league until today. And after talking with you and Riley, you know what my regret is? I did hang out with my punters a little more. (laughs) 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 All right, guys, here are our quick hits. Here are our quick hits. You're both punters. What do most people misunderstand about punters? You Rob or me? I can take that. Um, you know, we, we get there's a there's a connotation that that punters aren't athletes. Um, you know that we're just we're just the guys that kick the ball. Man, I'm six five, almost I'm a little over two hundred thirty pounds. Man, I'm an athlete. I was a quarterback my whole life. I played baseball. You know, Rob's Rob's right there with me. I mean, we're we're athletes and we love the game just as much as anybody. So, um, I think that's a that's something that I'd like to clear the air on. All right, all right, Rob. Most punters who attempt tackling a ball carry. Let's just say it's not pretty. <laughs> what was your best tackle ever? So I, uh, after following what Riley just said, I'm going to go ahead and, and undo that because I've had some bad ones. I really have. <laughs> and the reason I can't even lie about it is because there's a game film to prove it. So like, um, I, I, I remember. So my first, my first time at um, my first away game was against the University of Iowa. And we had, um, I had a good game, but we had to uh, hit one punt. And I was 17 years old, and there was a punt returner was 6'4", all, every bit of 210 pounds, just flying up the sideline. I did everything I could to get in his way and let somebody else clean it up. But um, that was the best that I had to offer. It's not pretty. And Riley, final quick hit. Here's, here's a good question. A lot of offensive linemen, they fantasize about catching a touchdown pass. What does the punter fantasize about? What type of play does yeah, well, do punters well, I, fantasize I, about? I fantasize <laughs> about throwing touchdown passes. I did a little bit of that in college, but All right. as a as a punter, I'd have to say, you know, you know that perfect punt out inside the five yard line. You know, big big field position flip and pinning pinning the defense back is, uh, but that's what gets me up in the morning. Wow. Well, this has been outstanding. Here, a couple um, a couple more questions. How uh, to participate or donate to uplifting athletes. How do we get the word out? So you just go to upliftingathletes.org. If you want to check out more about the organization, we're across all social media platforms at uplifting athletes. So uh, we can follow along. If you want to make a donation, want to learn more, uh, contact me and I'll be happy to talk to anybody. And Rob, I want to tell you, man, I'm so fascinated by the human spirit. You being a senior, having your goals, being so close to it, get the diagnosis, able to gather yourself, family support, doctors, trainers. Thank you for the fight and the perseverance. And this podcast will be heard by others and you will encourage many others uh, through your story. And the best is yet to come, guys. Thank you, Rob. Thank you, Riley. Thank you. This has been the NFL Legends Podcast. To provide feedback or request a topic for discussion, email us at nfllegends at nfl.com. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. 
Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. The wait is over. The Shy returns May 10th on Paramount Plus, and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the South Side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime Original Series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash shot to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply. Awards Watch says Liam Neeson is at his best. Don't miss In the Land of Saints and Sinners. Having left his dark past behind, retired hitman Finbar Murphy, played by Neeson, leads a quiet life in a remote coastal Irish town. But when a menacing crew of terrorists arrive, Finbar is drawn into a vicious game of cat and mouse, forcing him to choose between exposing his secret identity or defending his friends and neighbors. In the land of saints and sinners, from Samuel Goldwyn Films and Sony Pictures Home Entertainment. Watch it now on digital. Rated R. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.